1: With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, BetOnline has you covered with all the the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game darts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined once again by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Guys, happy new year. This is twenty twenty four.
2: We did it. We made it. Another mm-hmm. year. Let's go. And this is going to be the most exciting year yet because of I mean, we'll get into it, obviously, but all the returning guys for the Oklahoma State Cowboy football team 2024
0: is going to be beautiful. Happy 2024, y'all! It's already starting off a lot more promising than 2023 did. So come on, man, let's let us let us get into it,
1: guys. We're winning the national championship, and I really don't care what anyone says. I will not hear it. <laughs> My way too early uh, prediction is that we're going to have national championship, a repeat Doke Walker winner in Ollie Gordon, maybe in the Heisman conversation and the Buckus Award winner. But you know, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that a little that bit gracious. later. <laughs>
0: Yeah, these gotta, aren't
2: even these aren't even bold predictions to me I'm just expecting it at this point okay,
1: it's yeah uh but before we get into it's the last guys it's the last weekend or last week of college football not even the last week it's like the last five days the national mm. championship matchup is set to wild college football playoff games Monday night Michigan Washington will be playing this coming Monday January 8th for the national title none none of us Myself, Justin, Eve, or Bixby got the matchup right. However, Bixby, Justin, and Eve went 1-1, one and one, while I went 0-2 in those picks. So uh, boo me, but no one was perfect. So, yeah.
2: Poe body's perfect. So, Eve, you went with Alabama, right? Yeah, I
0: picked Alabama. Right. First. So
2: Bixby and I were right on the Michigan game. Yeah. And uh, that was the one I felt the most proud of because it was like – Alabama, however many championships they've won over the last decade versus Michigan has been trying to get over that hump for almost as long, at least half that time anyway. And it finally happened. And so I know a lot of people aren't big Michigan fans right now because of all the scandal involved with the sign stealing and and things like that, but I'm going to look past it. I think there's a lot worse things that are going on besides sign stealing I digress, I'm not even going to get into all that. I have kind of always liked Michigan. I don't think that that is going to deter me from liking them even any less. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that uh, they beat Alabama.
0: Jim Harbaugh is just out there publicly flirting with the NFL. And in the meantime, he's telling his agent, yeah, make sure that Michigan gets me $150 million or <laughs> whatever crazy amount <laughs> it's going to be. This guy is hilarious to me. And meanwhile, he only coached eight games. And you know, got two million dollars in bonuses, and I'm just like, this is easy. this is a ski match hall of fame level, uh, type of coaching right here. You know, just stealing money from the program, and I, you know what? He's earned it. He, has <laughs> absolutely earned it. Uh,
2: uh, I you know. do. I guess that that part would be, and I'm glad I'm not a Michigan fan because that would drive yeah. me crazy. Uh, I would definitely look at Gundy differently. If remember that he was doing going that.
0: Gundy was doing that, I know, for, I know, but you know, for about a two, it's a little bit different. Ago.
2: Yeah. And people were annoyed by it. So no, absolutely. He was
0: flirting with Arkansas. He was flirting with yeah, Baylor, of, Tennessee. With, yeah, man, it was Tennessee for sure. That happened like three years in a row. Tennessee was the craziest thing ever. But I will, I will say Alabama. You know, after losing the game, Meg, we were just talking about this before we started recording with nine players in the transfer portal immediately after a bunch of guys leaving for the NFL. But it just makes me think about Oklahoma State and the mass exodus that we had in the transfer portal and how. A bunch of the players I left had worse seasons, either as a team or individually than they did whenever they were at Oklahoma State. And I think even if you're not yet starting, it pays to sit it you know, to wait it through, to, to wait for your shot, to, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, the starter might get hurt. Even Nick Martin, he wasn't even a starter coming into the season and look what happened to him, you know? So he turns into an all American, but it really, really benefits you to be around people that know you be around people that know your strengths, your weaknesses, how to develop you, how to coach you properly. And it pays dividends. And I will say that, um, Yeah, completely just lost lost my train of thought. but
2: I guess like playing off of that, though, you got the other side of the coin. You got guys that transfer to other programs and then do see success. So for us, we can look at guys like Alan Bowman, for example. He comes in, he earns the starting job and leads us to the Big 12 championship and to the Texas Bowl win. And obviously we're thankful for him coming over here and doing all of that. And it is a little bit different, I guess based on the situation, because he came as a third stringer from Michigan, whereas a lot of the fans probably didn't know about him. There wasn't really any ill will toward him. I'm guessing the same thing for Texas Tech. I mean, it's been enough time that – enough time has passed where it's not a big deal to them, I'm guessing. And um, anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, it it just all depends
2: on the situation that you get put in, right? Because here he is as a third string at Michigan, can come to Oklahoma State, be the starter, and – You know, put up these numbers and win a lot of games with us. So,
0: well, you want to hear a ridiculous stat is of of the 186 scholarship group of five and power five transfers in 2023, 72% saw fewer snaps for their new team, and 37% didn't start a game this season. So, the most important thing should be production, and only 28% got more of that, got more production. So, you a lot of people are just getting bad information. But I do right. think a lot oh, of people, sure. honestly, would just benefit from staying exactly where they're at. Um, you had Jamar Muhammad, who has had a great season. He's playing at a national championship. He transferred out of Oklahoma State. And the other guy was, what, Ben Kopinski, who was a walk-on at Oklahoma State. And here he is making first team all AAC with the University of Tulsa. So those two are the only ones, really, that you could argue had better seasons than they had the year before. Even our guy at uh, USC, I forget the linebackers, Mason Cobb. He had a worse season than he had at Oklahoma State. So
1: that defense was
0: yikes. Defense was boo boo. (laughs) So these are things that you got to consider. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: It is a little bit interesting. So with Michigan, they lost. They lost. Alan Bowman came to Oklahoma State. So Michigan's playing in the national title this year. (laughs) I wonder how Alan Bowman feels about that. He's probably happy for his guys, I'm sure, but also looking a little like, hmm, maybe I want to get to. National champion, well, you got a chance next year, maybe if you get to come back anyway. Then you got Washington, right? They get our guy, Jabbar Muhammad, and he's helping them out on the defense. Textbook coverage that's just going to be on a loop on Twitter for a while because wow, um, yeah, so happy for him, obviously. Uh, Washington, though, like coming out not really out of nowhere because uh, they've been to the college football playoff twice. And really in that time span as well, Oklahoma state just matched up with them very recently Yeah. And the cactus bowl, beat them as well. So I'm just kind of like, we're so close, man. I, I, I keep repeating it because I, I yeah. really do believe it is a, we're a few minor tweaks away, I think from making a major jump like that and next year an even better opportunity to get into the playoff, at least with expanding to 12
0: teams. So that that's a program that I like to compare to Oklahoma State, right? First right. of all, fire uniforms, despite being a Adidas, <laughs> all right.
1: purple, ugh, everything. Yeah, everything. purple
0: and gold is just such a great color combination. Okay. But easily yeah. the best
1: uniforms of the four teams in the playoff, easily.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Easily, I think. I think we're getting the, the best uniform matchup of the four teams in the playoffs.
1: Fair, but that Man, purple gold helmet, ugh, God, I sorry.
0: don't, I don't know. Like, and I'm not a major. Traditionalist
2: by any means, but there were some really classic traditional, good-looking uniforms in the playoff this year.
0: Absolutely, no, no, they definitely were. Even Texas. But what I was going to say, just comparing Washington to Oklahoma State, there was a span there. You know, you you have these programs that are, you know, not big brands, kind of under the radar. They're kind of evenly matched. They're developing in a very similar way. And then you get what was it? What's his name? Chris uh, Peterson. Peterson. Chris, Chris Peterson. Who? I mean, this guy's nationally beloved. Who doesn't love Chris Peterson, right? But he really like bought into like owning the media and all that the same way that kind of you know Gundy did with the, with the local regional media, you know, making the news for random things that he would say to the press and things like that. So everything was just kind of evenly matched, and then Washington just separates themselves. And he was like, "How did this happen?" you know, two, two NFL guys on the offensive line, two NFL guys on the defensive line, two NFL wide receivers. And of course the biggest piece is the best thrower of the football in the country in Michael Penix Jr. being a transfer from uh, Indiana. But, you know, we got to study whatever the heck they did and try to bring some of that over here to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Now, if we get, you you don't get Michael Penix juniors, you know, that grow on trees every day, but my goodness, they, uh, we, we can at least match up with the way that we develop and recruit receivers. Um, and the rest of the stuff, man, we just got to figure out what will work well for, for okay. State.
1: Well, guys, let's uh, we can get more into Michigan and Washington later when we make our national championship picks, but let's talk a little bit about our roster. And we've talked about the turnover from last year, how this year is the opposite. Um, in our last show, we talked about would BP come back? Would he not? He had one of his best, you know, Bowl, bowl game Brennan was back in true form in the Texas bowl, bowl, and he officially made his decision that he would be back this year uh, for 2024. What What was your reaction, guys, when he officially made that announcement?
2: I mean, I was hyped. Like, I don't know about Eve. I don't know about anybody it's else.
0: True.
2: But very, very excited for really for Oklahoma State in general, but also for him. I just feel like Over the last few years, uh, being able to see him grow as a receiver and as a leader, the way that he handles himself in interviews and games, it just seems like he's kind of under the radar as far as one of the most durable athletes. I feel like he's constantly getting up from big hits and it seems to not affect him and he's just in there making play after play after play. Over the last couple of games, he started going on this major tear, and I think that that might have led him to his decision to come back because of all the potential of what next year could be. Basically, these 13, 16 catch type games where it's not going to take very much more of that for him to vault himself into really top three, probably top one at the end of the day with uh, the number of receptions I'd have to look at, you know, receiving yards, touchdowns and things like that, but he's going to be known now as one of the greatest Oklahoma state receivers in history. And yeah. people might try to like put an yeah. asterisk next to it and say, but he had the extra year or whatever. doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it is longevity. There's something to be said for longevity. It's
0: absolutely the reason
2: that Jerry Rice is so heralded. It's like, obviously he was a great receiver and, he just to be able to play years and years and years.
0: Longevity uh, counts.
2: Longevity is a big deal in college sports, especially for people that really like to hold true to, you know, the loyalty aspect of things. The fact that we get Brendan Presley for another year that he didn't transfer out, uh, being on a pedestal as far as this is this is everything we want in a football player at Oklahoma State. So I think that yeah, him making that decision to come back, all it's going to do is improve his, the stock. And, uh, you know, we like to talk about the stock of players that in the mindset of Oklahoma State fans, I mean, it it can't be any higher. So I'm I'm really excited for him.
1: Really quickly, Eve, before you chime in, uh, Justin, you mentioned he could move into the top three or even first on our all-time receptions list. He's currently fifth. His career total right now is 225 in fourth is James Washington with 226. So he's definitely going to surpass James Washington after James Washington. third is Justin Blackman, 253, 25 catches, about a little over 25 catches. I think he can do that. Number yeah. one is Rashawn Woods with 293.
0: Okay. So, so if he has another 70 70 catch season, even um, less, like 68?
1: Um, About that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Quick enough. Yeah, so it's a hunt. He could 100% move into number one in our all time receiver.
0: Be, yeah, yes. imagine talking about Brennan Presley in the same breath as, uh, you know, Rashawn Woods. And we just- already are. No, <laughs> uh, Yeah, we absolutely are. No, I love it. I mean, it's no secret that I'm a big Brennan Presley fan, Banner Presley supporter. I have mixed emotions about it because obviously I'm hyped for the university. I'm hyped that he is everything that you want in an Oklahoma State football player. The only thing that makes me nervous is Who's who's throwing it to him? That's the only thing that I don't know. Hopefully, there's not a drop in quarterback play because you would hate for you know his trajectory to keep on going up and then eh, it kind of you know kind of simmers a little bit. So I just hope that that's the only thing about 2024 that is making me nervous. Who is going to be the thrower of the football?
1: And as mm-hmm. of the time of recording this, we're recording on Wednesday today. Release is on Thursday. Uh, there has been no decision regarding Alan Bowman's. Waiver so that is That is the question we do have Zane Floors we do have Garrett Rangel Still still hanging out in the QB room but yeah we'll see if Bowman Is the guy again or if it's the Zane Floors era in- Imagine
0: if uh imagine if Gundy comes back From the transfer portal I mean, he, ha- <laughs>
1: he, he hasn't I don't I don't think He signed anywhere yet has he
0: He keeps announcing different offer letters On, on Twitter but he sure,
1: make sign. a choice
0: <laughs> No it's funny I I will say this
2: like They're not to say that like the quarterback level play would drop off. In my opinion, I don't think that it would because of really how close that quarterback competition was through the first few games of the year. I think the coaches just had to make a decision. They, they went with Bowman over that time. I don't think that Bowman necessarily has separated himself. I wouldn't think that much from the other quarterbacks. I do feel confident that had Bowman gone down with an injury in the season at any point that Flores or I say Flores or Rangel would have been able to come in and fill that position. I mean, they all are capable of it. So I have, I have confidence that there wouldn't be that much of a drop off and anyone that's watched BP for any period of time knows he's a great receiver. Just get the ball in his hands. And hopefully, obviously, you know, Dunn is calling up, play calls to make it to where he's the primary receiver to make it easier on the quarterback so it's not such oh where do I throw it well right here obviously here we go
0: yeah Rashad Owens coming into his own as well get excited right. about that but you love to see continuity i think that's the biggest thing you love to see continuity with the players and with the coaches
1: I And mean, talking about Rashad Owens guys i mean he'll be back as far as i'm as far as i'm aware he is coming back next year Dijon Stribling had a great first two or three games of the season pr- prior to his injury his hand injury you know he'll be back next year as well we have him we have Talon Shetron the red church sophomore who had a couple moments I mean he you have Leon Johnson Brandon Presley uh Rashad Owen so right <laughs> But Leon, so also we talked about Leon. His dad had said when he had him on that he was hoping to get a waiver, but he tweeted out last week. Just want to thank the Oklahoma state family for accepting me as one of their own. And I'm extremely grateful for you guys. giving me one of the best years of my life. Thank you to everyone who has supported me through this journey. LJ3 signing off, which makes yeah. me think that he did not get that waiver. So I don't think he'll be back, but the other names I'm saying, Shetron. Chetron. BP, Stribling, Rashad Owens, like guys.
0: Yeah, there's one name in there too that I want to throw is uh, Justin Wright. Remember he got hurt the first game of the season.
1: We're not talking offense, defense right now, Eve. We're talking. Why? Yeah, just receivers, man. Uh, I thought receiver. we were
0: talking. all, all okay, yeah. We're all right. talking he,
1: the receiver room. <laughs> we will get to Justin Wright. We will get there when we get to our our defense. But if you want to
0: do throw, if you want to throw
2: out one more name, I think that um, Tyke Anders would be a good one to throw out. So he got uh, a lot of, he got one year under his belt, basically developing. He wears number 85. So, of course, he's on my radar, but uh, also an Oklahoma kid who was coached by Rashawn Woods, who we just mentioned as being one of the best receivers in Oklahoma State history. And I'm excited about his potential in orange and black. So, with that being said, uh, it can't be understated. Like the the return of Brendan Presley is huge for the simple fact that our receiving depth this year ended up being pretty thin at times. And luckily we didn't have additional injuries to make it even thinner. But the fact that we have these guys who stepped up in spite of that they were the next guys up and they were able to come in and prove themselves to get that experience, to be able to come back this upcoming year is a big deal. And for Vernon Presley to be able to lead that group, I mean, couldn't couldn't ask for anything else man that's that's I'm really excited for uh, for what Oklahoma State can do now I will say this um coach Dunn, the play calling it kind of seems like we we know what we've got at this point I guess so the at the beginning of this year I was thinking it's going to be a little bit different. we'll see what he can do with another quarterback besides Spencer Sanders how the offense will run what that looks like. Of course, having Ollie Gordon in the backfield is a major help, and it might have saved Coach Dunn's job the way that things were going at the beginning of the year. Now, uh, as far as being able to score points like we had been in the past, TBD. So we'll see uh, what it looks like as far as you know how efficient the offense can run, how explosive the offense can be, what kind of big plays we can do to get these receivers in the end zone, if Ollie can also break through and get a couple of long runs in there as well. But um, yeah, I don't know. Eve, what do you think? I mean, it's, I feel like we're just so far away from the old days of Todd Munkin, even Yursich calling up plays and us, you know, being able to score, it seemed like 40, 50 points, like, like it was nothing.
0: Yeah. I mean, we know what we got, but I am encouraged by some of the creativity that we saw down the stretch from our offense, from our play calling. Maybe it was Todd Munkin that was doing some consulting in there. By the way, speaking of Todd Munkin, he might mess around <laughs> three years in a row of winning. three in a row. That is crazy. Back to back with Georgia and now with the Baltimore Ravens as the offensive coordinator. That's really exciting. But yeah, we, we know what we got. You're going to lean heavily on the best running back in the country. And then you're gonna, you know, throw it to some dynamic wide receivers, and you know, <laughs> hope to make some things some things work. The biggest X factor, though, could be uh, year two under Brian Nardo's defense. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. Well, really quickly before we get to the defensive side of the ball, guys, I think I'm trying to give
0: you a layup for for a good transition.
1: Uh, My- well- you know, Eve, I appreciate that. But we got to give a shout-out to the offensive line. Cole Birmingham, Joe Mikalski, Jake Springfield, and Dalton Cooper have all announced their return. So we're talking about the question mark at quarterback. You know, obviously we have Ollie back. We have a pretty solid receiving room. But I think that the offensive line, to me, was the X factor for this season. And I think that they held it together pretty well. And if we can get those four starters back, like, just imagine. Just imagine how good – can be if they can keep building on the foundation they laid this year. with the
0: type of run scheme that we run. I would love to see the offensive line getting down the field a lot faster, a lot better, and, and less reliant on all to just find the open hole. But the offensive line did improve, right? This is the best O-line performance that we've seen in the last good, like six years, maybe. So, you know, it's encouraging. And as I said before, continuity always helps. So the fact that we have so many of them coming back. Uh, that, that that gets me fired up.
1: Now, Eve, we can talk about defense. That's Xavier code. Benson announced he would be entering the NFL draft. Not really a surprise at all since he's out of eligibility. The big question that I have been asked recently that I don't have the answer to because I'm not an NFL uh, scout or anything, uh, what kind of prospect is Xavier Benson?
0: I don't know. (laughs) Um, So he's so consistent. He is so consistently there. But, you know, just haven't been around NFL teams. One thing that I do know and I will say there's a huge drop off usually between the starters and the second string like there just is. Yeah. And Xavier Benson, like I love his game. I don't I don't know if the athleticism is quite there to be an NFL starter. Uh, could be a, a, a special teams guys that that plays for ten years in the NFL, but I mean, talk about consistency, right? If you if you have a team that needs depth, that's the type of guy that you would want in in that uh, you know that second level of the defense. So that's kind of where I see it. I haven't necessarily looked at the game because I was so overwhelmed by watching Nick Martin's uh, great play, <laughs> but. I talked about it during the season. He is the definition of consistency and just making play after play after play when they need to be made.
2: Yeah, you know, um, I do kind of, I wonder a little bit about, yeah, the speed factor. Just the NFL guys are just so crazy, scary fast. (laughs) Where, um, yeah, where does Benson fit in? I'm not not 100% sure, but if he's able to get into a place where, maybe the the defensive line or the edge rushers are elite, then you might be able to get away with not having to be, you know, uh, a Parsons or, you know, just another great linebacker, I guess, but he and Parsons play
0: completely different positions.
2: Yeah. That's, that's fair.
0: Yeah.
2: Thinking of, I'm just thinking linebacker, but I I see the ones I see number 11. I see number one. I'm just like, I'm all there. Um, (laughs) But I will say, as far as you know, backups are concerned, I don't know if you've been watching hard knocks in season with the Miami Dolphins, but their starting linebacker went down, and this other guy came in, and he's just been impressive to watch as far as how prepared he was yeah. when the moment came where he's able to step up and immediately be a leader and communicate effectively. Yeah. And and a lot of cases it seems like they haven't missed a beat and a lot can be said for having that kind of presence on an NFL roster a lot can be said for having that kind of presence on Oklahoma State's roster if anyone were to go down if it if people can step up and have essentially fill that spot with little to no drop off I mean we've seen in the past especially you know the 2022 season one or two three guys go down with injury and the whole team dynamic changes. Yeah. And it's a huge frustrating thing because everybody knew from 2021 who was on the team that they're better than this and the results aren't showing it. And then 2023 comes around. Those guys, those same guys either don't get injured or they play through the injury. And then we're, we've, we're right back to another 10 win season. So a lot can be said about just the injury aspect, but the talent drop-off. Some of it is just being able to communicate effectively and being able to be on the same page as your as your teammates. And I mean that just that goes a long way. And I think that if everybody can have that mindset, we'll be in great shape.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, being able to plug and play is a big deal, and, and not notice a significant drop-off. I think he's the right size. I mean, he's definitely the right size for the for this type of. Um, just a new era of the NFL. But there's this trend that's happening right now. People are watching uh, the Denver Broncos defense, the Miami Dolphins defense, the Michigan defense. Cali, there's, of course, the Baltimore Ravens defense. We're all playing a very, very similar style where they're aggressive. It's like a, an aggressive cover four, if that even makes sense. It's an aggressive cover four. They have like really um, dynamic edge players. And then they're relying on versatile linebackers and nickelbacks to to, to do a lot of things in the middle right yeah. so that just requires a different level of you know you got to have loose hips you got to have some quickness you got to have some athleticism on there so those are the things that i would encourage xavier to work on if i was you know, the the person that was uh training him in in preparation for the nfl
1: you guys are talking Man, about
2: I'm excited for him though. Like I'm I'm just the, the potential like being yeah. able to go
0: through pro day oh a lot can happen during combine training. Yeah and pro day training a lot can happen. Yeah. Um,
2: but he he does seem like um just one of those guys who he's he's really smiley whenever he's yeah giving interviews and stuff and I just I love to see that because it just makes me think at least eh, here's somebody who loves football who loves Oklahoma love State loves life and uh, I always want those guys to succeed and it helps when you're wearing orange and black but yeah man we're we're behind you 100 Xavier Benson go do your thing make us proud rooting for you
0: do your thing
1: we will miss Xavier Benson in our locker room this season as we talked about he's a playmaker he had that huge force fumble in the Texas Bowl a couple weeks ago But the good news is that we get Justin Wright back, as Eve said. And you guys were talking about plugging and playing, stepping up with injury. I know you were talking on the NFL level. But we saw that this year when Wright went down, who stepped up? My 2024 Buckus Award winner, Nick Martin. That's who, and I just, I have a bone to pick with ESPN because they released their top 100 football players, uh, college football players of the season today, and Ollie was at 11. Okay, I'll take 11, whatever, all right, sure, I think he should be in top 10, but that's fine. Colin Oliver was at 82, he had 73 total tackles this year, 45 solos, six sacks, four forced fumbles. Colin, great for you, great player, big Colin Oliver fan. However, Nick Martin was not on that list, Mm. guys. He had 140 total tackles, 83 solo, six sacks, two interceptions, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. He ranked seventh in nation in solo solo tackles and first in the Big 12 in both total and solo.
0: What a joke of a list!
1: Joke of a list. Joke of a list. (laughs) List. I gotta say on Nick Martin's name.
2: I gotta say, Ollie at number 11. He is the first running back, so they got that right. There, now you got to understand it's the top 100 players. There are like 22 different positions and there's 130 different teams. The fact that Ollie Gordon was 11, very proud of that. But yes, are what are these guys doing? Are they watching the games at all? Or did they even look at the statistics? I understand that ESPN let go of a lot of talent whenever they fired a lot of people. But what the heck? What are we even looking at? I mean, I did look at another list. The Lego of talent,
0: and whoever created this list is lacking talent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I looked
2: at a, I looked at another list from uh, last year, I guess, or the year before. PFF, they put out the list, and Malcolm Rodriguez was number seventy-eight on that list. So I feel like if you're going to compare, yeah, he needs to be at least in that seventy-five to eighty range because the statistics are so comparable yeah. and their impact is clearly just huge
0: for Malcolm, Oklahoma State Malcolm probably just had a more, more of an impact in the coverage. I think that was Malcolm's biggest thing. Like he Could was, uh, yeah, he was able to make more plays in the passing game.
1: I'm sorry. Like, and I am not knocking Colin Oliver for at all. At all. i'm a huge Colin fan he is such a leader in the locker room i think he is a phenomenal player you know he was the 2021 freshman of the year in the big 12 but when you, what it's i'm just saying if you, like how how can you have two guys on the same team who's one who play the same position and one stats are superior to the other and they're not on the list but the one with the the, the less tackles it like i don't i don't what are you watching?
0: Well, they okay. play the same position on paper, but they don't, they don't play the
1: same position. Fine, but like, just yeah. justice for Nick Martin, and I'm tired of the national disrespect on this kid, OK? I will. I am starting the campaign right now. Buckus Award winner,
0: 2024. Yeah. Maybe. I have on so, uh, Nick Martin, just so y'all know. Nick Martin is my man crush Monday and every day. This dude, is the, he plays the type of football that I love to watch. Whenever we had Leon Johnson's dad on the show, he even said himself, that's his favorite player to watch. And I think a lot of us could resonate with that. You know what I mean? And I feel very comfortable in my sexuality to be able to say, I have a crush on Nick Martin. Just you know, You know what, though? I,
2: I'm not going to comment on that, Eve, but I respect. I have to go back to the list. I'm looking at the top 10, and they all had preseason rankings of something. Ollie Gordon preseason ranking not rated, so he went from not rated to number eleven, pretty, good. pretty incredible jump. Colin Oliver,
1: sad that I have to scroll
2: this far. So he's eight, number eighty-two preseason ranking seventy-five. So they were already they already had him on the radar. He dropped off a little bit on this list, and maybe that's the reason for that ranking ahead of Nick Martin. That's the only thing I can think of, to be honest, man. Because
1: fine. Fine. And again, huge, huge Colin Oliver fan, but we all know that. Pre- that we, yeah, it's just the
2: preseason <laughs> yeah. rankings, the perception, everything's all there. I feel like leading into the twenty twenty four season, we have the opportunity for them to maybe rectify this situation, have Nick Martin in their preseason top whatever, and just go from there because he absolutely deserves it, and it's just a matter of time for the the rest of the nation to see how great this, how great he actually is.
0: Yeah. And I think the big thing here is we've seen the potential of Nick Martin. We've seen the potential of a Colin Oliver. We've seen the potential of what's yes. our safety's name? Kendall Daniels. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We've seen the potential of Kendall Daniels, right? So you're talking about the three different levels and we've seen potential in all these different places and the fact that that they're returning and they're going to be in year two of the same defensive system, the same defensive scheme. Yeah, it's a big deal. Huge. That is a huge deal that you're getting arguably your three best players back in year two of a defensive scheme. That is something to look forward to.
1: And... As we said, Justin Wright coming back from injury. So with Xavier Benson leaving for the draft, I'm not worried about the linebacker position because Justin Wright was the starter last year. The only reason Nick Martin became a starter is because Justin Wright got hurt. So you just kind of like, you know, plug and play. As you said, Eve, Xavier will miss you, but Justin Wright, hop on in.
0: Hop on in and bring some of the 101 tackles that you had over at Tulsa with you. You know, that that continuity being a big
2: deal, but – Man, like being able, yeah, to have that second season with you know, Nardo's defense. I don't know how complicated it is, but you know, we've we've seen what it looks like with Jim Knowles and his defense and, and the guys that were able to return and what they were able to do. I feel like it's probably gonna be pretty similar. And everything that we've heard through the year um, just makes it sound like Nardo is the man, everybody loves him. I think that, that plays a factor into it as well, as far as you know, people sticking here and not not heading out in the portal. Um, but yeah, I did see a tweet. I just had to pull it up for a second. So, um, this is from somebody who's an Ohio state fan. Jim Knowles took a defense that was ranked number 50 in 2021 to number three in 2023. And he went from number 89 in explosive plays given up in 2021 to number two in 2023, basically saying, if you want Jim Knowles fired, you're an idiot. So we lost to Knowles replace him with somebody else. I think that Nardo is the guy, the people that don't feel that way, just give us some more time. And I sure. feel like year number two is especially going to be helpful for what I believe is a great defensive mind.
0: was a so huge I'm hoping difference. that the guys can execute oh. it. No, sorry. I, I was just going to say, and I know I, I I, I nerd out a little bit when it comes to like defensive schemes, right? There was a huge emphasis on Ohio State's defense and not giving up the big play like they had last year. Cause last year was, it was, it was kind of unraveling a little bit, especially as you kept watching. So they played further back, especially at the linebacker position. But what you notice is, yeah, they, they, they didn't give us, give up as many big plays. But my goodness, they got gashed against the run. And I think if you look at the run defense, you'll, you'll see it in there. But um, I digress.
1: Well, guys, moral of the story is that we have a lot of key players returning on both sides of the ball, and we're going to be the 2024 25 national champs. And that's just, that's just how we need a
0: quarterback. Go. I need that <laughs> QB before I can say anything. Like, realistically, okay, realistically, if I'm thinking right now, the season just ended, I see us being in that 12 to 15 range. Right. Might make the playoffs, might not make the playoffs. We're so like right on the outside. If it's really close between us and another team that has a bigger brand, they might pick the other team.
1: If we win the Big 12, we're automatically in.
0: Could be. Yeah. No, absolutely could be. So Arizona gets good out of nowhere. And then you got you know, some of these other programs. But yeah,
1: there let's is, go ahead and let's just win the Big 12. Yeah. There's some good teams coming in. We'll talk about that in another episode, guys. But uh Eve, I see your point on the uh, quarterback situation. However, I'm going to 2024 with a optimism. Optimism in that this time you. next year, we will be on our way to a national. Championship. Uh, and with that, guys, shall we pick this year's national championship in anticipation of our appearance there next season? I do it. <laughs> we will start picks with Bix. What does he do?
0: Washington. I would love we that.
1: Went with. The dogs, the Huskies.
0: The dog goes with the dogs.
1: Can't, can't blame them. Can I pick that have, now? <laughs> I've honestly been going back and forth since Monday night on who I think was going to win this game because going in, I thought Alabama was going to win the national championship. I thought it was going to be a Texas-Alabama rematch and that Alabama would get their revenge and that who was going to win. I was very clearly wrong um it feels like michigan's year it feels like it is michigan's year however i uh think i gotta go with bixby because his record is better than mine in picks so i am going with michael penix jr and my bulletnikoff winner roma dunze and that tandem and i think that the huskies are gonna pull this one out
0: my bulletin winner and my heisman winner okay yes <laughs> i thought michael penix jr should have won the heisman clinton shelf Went on Twitter during the game, and he tweeted out, and he said, "Yo, do throws just look better coming from left-handed quarterbacks?" I mean, were y'all watching that? That his throws looked beautiful. It was unbelievable, and I know a lot of people like to compare him to Tua Tagovailoa because of. You know, the left handed factor. He looked like Joe Burrow out there. And I, I, I sent it in our group chat. I was like, yo, I don't care what anybody says. Joe Burrow is my pro comp. And I think that what was kind of unconventional, something that we hadn't seen much during the season is he was moving out of the pocket. They were rolling him to the left a lot more, a little bit to the right, but more so to the left. And you're just like, yo, where has this been this entire season? So I think they're going to make him a lot more mobile. He even had a couple of quarterback draws in the game. They're going to make him a lot more. We'll kind of throw the kitchen sink over at Michigan, especially with that great defense, right? Number one ranked defense in the country. So I'm expecting them to do all kinds of stuff. You got number one defense versus the number one offense. I mean, this is exactly what dreams are made of. <laughs> like what more could you ask for? So I feel good about Washington being able to, take the, to win the game and Kalen DeBoer. I mean, this dude is coaching his face off, coaching his face off. I love what he has done with Washington's program, and yeah, I can't, I can't wait uh, for that game. I hope it's a great one, but I got Washington taking it as well.
2: Yeah, it's hard for me to argue against that, to be honest, because you guys make some great points. But preseason, I picked Michigan to win the national title, so. I'm not going to waver from that right now. And if I had to justify it, I will say that it has basically, uh, it's going to come down to this, the line. That who has the better offense and who have who has the better defensive line? And I think it's Michigan. Uh, so I, while I do believe that Washington has a better quarterback, they have a better uh, receiver, probably group. I think that the offensive line will be able to protect uh you know, Michigan quarterback better.
0: AJ McCarthy. Maybe
2: set up a better run. McCarthy, there you go. Uh And then their, their front seven, man, like it's just crazy how far they've come because they were playing against Alabama and made Alabama just kind of look like just another team. Whereas over the last few, however many years, Alabama has just completely dominated everybody, it seems like, on the offensive and defensive line. And here Michigan is able to, to hold their own and actually, you know, in some instances make them look lesser than. Now with uh, Washington, I think they were able to beat Texas because they had that month to prepare with them only having a week to prepare against Michigan. It's going to be a little bit of a tougher task. I think that it's going to come down to the skill level. Uh, I think the stars matter in college football as well. Michigan's going to have the higher rated four or five stars compared to Washington. And so for that reason I'm going to pick the Michigan Wolverines to win the national ta- national championship.
0: I'm going to pick about one thing that you said, one thing that you said. You said that the offensive line, right, Michigan has a better offensive line than Washington. And though I agree with the offensive line personnel, I think a huge difference though is the quarterback play can really dictate how good an offensive line can be. And one of the craziest stats that I've heard in the last week is that this season alone, Michael Penix Jr. has taken less sacks. Wait, what? Hold on. I want to make sure I say this right. Matter of fact, let, let, let me go to our text message three because I don't <laughs> want to say this. Yeah. I don't want to say this wrong. It's just All he's right. so good. I get it. He's such a good yeah. quarterback. Michael Penix Jr. has been sacked less times in his career than Caleb Williams got sacked this year. And when you look at Caleb Williams, he's athletic. He's able to make things happen with his legs, and he's able to extend the plays. But football oftentimes comes down to, hey, timing routes, being able to get it out efficiently, going to the right reads quickly, release time. All that stuff matters a bunch. And because Michael Penix Jr. does that so well, I think his offensive line may actually come out with a better game than Michigan's offensive line.
1: The offensive line from Washington also won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country.
0: Oh, snap. I didn't even realize that.
1: Yeah. So as you're talking, yeah. like, wait a second, they 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 won the best offensive line. Like they, they were literally awarded that. So um, but Michigan, I mean Michigan's defense, it's gonna be very exciting because like Michigan's defense is very, very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I mean, think
0: goodness gracious, they have do, do y'all know the story about Michigan? So, so like Michigan's defensive coordinator. He he, wasn't he
1: a finalist for the um, Broyles Award a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, he was. So, so Jim Harbaugh had all this pressure on him because he had lost however many straight to Ohio State. He goes out to the to his brother, right, Um, and, 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 and in Baltimore, and he says to him, "Hey, look, John, I have to beat Ohio State. What? Who is somebody from your staff that I can get?" So he gives him two names. He's like, Hey, here's this coach. And here's this coach. You can have one of them, one of them as your defensive coordinator. So he takes the guy and the other guy ends up going to Vanderbilt goes and becomes a coach over at Vanderbilt. So that guy goes to Michigan and he leaves, I forget what school that he went to after, you know, having a great season in Michigan last year. So, Harbaugh's like, "Okay, well he's leaving, so I'm just going to go and get the other guy from uh, Vanderbilt." So he brings him in and here they are running the same type of defense, the one that I described earlier in the show, and it's just working so well. And man, they have a cornerback, William Johnson, number 2, I believe, who plays perfect shadow technique. He was faced uh, uh, he was against Marvin Harrison one-on-one whenever they played Ohio State, and that yeah. dude was just he was a technician against him. Shadow technique through the roof. So I really, really like Michigan's defense, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, you got Washington with the number one offense out here, and it's hard to see them, you know, not putting up at least thirty-five points.
1: I just hope ch- about that. Ooh, <laughs> thirty-five points, put it up there. I just hope both teams have fun and we get a good game. That's that's what I want. I just wow. don't.
0: <laughs> because your beloved Alabama's not in it, huh?
1: You know, it is what it is. But no, I honestly, and I'm on a tangent, I love the University of Washington, and I love the University of Michigan. And Washington Stadium is one of the, like, that location is one of the best in the country. It's absolutely beautiful, right on the sound in Seattle. Oh, city skyline in the background. Cannot beat it. Uh,
0: so can bad. beat
2: it in Stillwater, Oklahoma, actually. So
1: Sorry, we don't have city scenics, and I'm a sucker for a city skyline. But, you, you know, about? I love yes, we totally well, but the view <laughs> the views from uh, Washington's football stadium are just pretty. Oh, you go to
0: Boone Picking Stadium, you look out at the mountains, you look out at the ocean, you look out at, you know, all these things that are out there outside of Boone Picking Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. There is no way that you'd want to play anywhere else in the country.
2: Sunbathing right around Theta Pond. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. I'm
1: going to end this before these guys keep lying to you. Uh, But, yeah. What are you talking about? (laughs) Well... Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm Megan Robinson, joined once again by Justin Southwell, Eve Vitoba. Like, share, subscribe, comment, rate, review, and of course, go pokes.
0: Go pokes. Go pokes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile